Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. This is Nick. You can find us at HyperClean Specialists on Facebook or HyperCleanStore.com. Want to get started today? If you haven't been in the specialist group, I shared a 2023 Mercedes S580. We did full front PPF and Sparta and a, and a polish on the car. So I shared it in the group if you want to go check it out. But I want to talk a little bit today about, I want to talk some business and I want to talk specifically problems in business, problems with team members and what you do. So let me run you through something that's going on in my business. And I think Again, you probably don't get this very often in the detailing industry that people can actually give you a real-world account of running a business with all the people talking out there. So let's try to share some real-world business things and some things I know we all struggle with. So I'll run through those through my issue in my business today. So for the last couple of years, I've had a team member that wanted to take on more responsibility. They wanted to do some bigger projects. They wanted to earn some more money. Now, mind you, this person sought me out. They wanted to do it. They wanted to make more money. They wanted to do more installs. They wanted to do more coding. They wanted to do more, 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 more. And for the last two years, it's been kind of bumpy with those promises, which by the way happens, right? So I know we all understand that some people, even some business owners don't keep their word when they say they're going to do some things and team members do the same. No harm, no foul. The problem is, is that it started to reach a point where things aren't getting done. And this is the time as a business owner that you blame yourself because I let it be kind of rocky for a couple, you know, 18 months, 20 months. I knew it wasn't right, but I didn't quite solve the problem, didn't quite, quite do what I needed to do. And this is where you run into a ton of employment issues. It's not that you gave somebody a chance or that you even let it go on so long. I could have cut it off a little earlier, but I didn't. I wanted this thing to work itself out. It didn't quite work itself out. So now the problem's got to be solved. And so I think one of the things that, that, that I want to share today is this idea of doing and solving, solving and doing. And as soon as I realized in the last two to three weeks that we had a big problem, we were going to have trouble doing some of the projects that we had brought on, that I was going to have to step back into to get some PPF, to get some coatings, to get some paint correction gigs done because people weren't keeping their word on the things they wanted me to put on their plate. Now I got to go into solution mode, right? Now it's about how do I not end up in this position again? So the first thing is coming up with the solution. How do I come up with the solution? And there's a lot of people that look at what is going on, what isn't going on, what I want to do. Uh, I don't want to hire. I, when I hire, okay, so let's back this up. I have a problem. A team member's not performing the way they promised they would. Happens to every company in the world. Now I got to come up with a solution and then do it. I got to come up with a solution, then do it. What's not a solution when we're talking about this hiring and firing and team building game is what I hear from a lot of detailers. Well, I hired one person. It didn't work out. I'm never hiring again. Or I hired two people. Okay. 
I understand frustration. I understand being mad. You can't let that run your life, right? And that's what a lot of people have happened is that now I'm going to be mad and I'm going to be angry for months and years and I'm only going to cost myself money. So how do we really get over the hump on this? Well, there, there's a really simple way to look at this. There are so many people who are going to exceed your expectations when you hire them. And there's going to be so many people that fall well below anything that's acceptable. Now the problem is, what do you do when something has come to a head and you've got to fix it? So in this instance, I didn't sit there being pissed off all week or the last two weeks or the last three weeks. I went on the offensive. I got a plan and come up with a solution of how we're never going to end up in this position again. And then I have to do it. And there's the part that most people don't want to do. So if I told most of you, you're going to have to hire 25 people to find two really good employees, and that was the solution, how many of you would actually do it? The answer is, I actually know what the answer is, very few people. Very few people, if you gave them an answer to the test, would still go and complete the test. They would not do it. So the difference, and I've tried to tell you guys this all the time, don't ever think that a, a successful business owner of any kind has some special talent that you can't acquire or you don't have. Because honestly, most of this stuff comes down to, are you going to actually do it? If I told you you had to hire 50 people to get five good team members, would you do it? And there's the biggest misconception, right? Work hard. Work hard. It's not about the hard work. It's about coming up, to a, coming up with a solution to a specific problem. In this case, a team member not performing. So now we have to go in a different direction. And what's that direction? Is it the complete opposite direction where I'm never going to hire again or I'm never going to promote one of my team members? No, that, that, that's never going to be the answer. Most of your solutions are very minor adjustments. Okay, I've hired three people. It's all gone poorly. I have to look at myself as the owner. Do I need to interview better? Do I need to screen better? Do I need to uh, have a better onboarding program? Okay, let me get those in order. Those are minor adjustments. And now I go out and hire. And maybe I succeed and maybe I don't. But the next time, if it doesn't work, I make a minor adjustment and I move forward. I, I come up with a, a little bit different solution this time and move forward. There's so many people that hire two people. It doesn't work out. They go 180 degrees in the opposite direction. And what do they do? I'm not going to hire anybody ever again. So five years later, they're miserable. They've, they've lost five years of momentum of hiring and learning and building a team. They've sat by themselves. Now they're achy. They don't want to detail anymore. They haven't built a company. They never had the right solution. And when they did get the right solution by listening to something like this podcast, hey, man, go out there and hire 10 people and see how it goes. Go hire 20 people and see how it goes. They don't want to do it. And this is where you get into that interesting moment in time where I think most business owners that are successful were the ones that just didn't quit. They just kept doing it. They kept 
coming up with minor solutions to their problems, you know, making small adjustments, more solutions, went and did it, and they have success. We talk about this with the content nonsense that people hear. Go make content. Okay, great. But give me a solution. And by the way, that solution is going to cost money. It's going to cost time. It's going to cost skills that you need to develop. That's all good. That's not a negative. That's just the reality of the real solution. But now you have to go do it. You have to go buy a gimbal. You have to go buy a tripod. You have to use those things. You have to buy a new iPhone. You have to buy a camera. And you have to learn to use them. So the blueprint and the solution is there. The vast majority of people want to turn their phone around and give some motivational speech of why they're a detailer and what we should do and how to protect your skin from the sun or whatever it is, never talking to a customer, but they're creating content, right? They're creating content, but they're not solving the problem they have, which is they don't have enough business. So their solution is irrelevant because they started on the wrong path. Now they got to go analyze, okay, how do I talk to a customer? How do I, how do I actually make good content? But you got to do it. And that's the part everybody gets stuck on. So this week, what I spent time doing is laying out a plan and contacting a bunch of people that I know to make sure I don't get in this issue anymore. And then by Tuesday at noon, we were already doing the replacement of the problem. We were already doing the plan. There's a lot of people, especially been listening to this podcast, the answers to the detailing industry have been laid all over this podcast the last two and a half years. There are many people that just don't want to do the work. That's okay by me. I'm not judging somebody for that. But to tell me that you don't know what you need to be doing, I don't find that to be true at all. Let me give you an example. I could put a Big Mac fries and a Coke on a piece of on a, on a plate right here to your left, and on the on a plate to your right, you could see steak, broccoli, and rice. Hundred percent of people know which one's the healthy meal; they just don't choose it. Right? We're all guilty of that. So they know what to do, but they don't do it. And since they don't do it, they're overweight, and they struggle with obesity, and they struggle with heart disease or whatever it is but they know what to do. They've made the choice not to do it, right? I know you guys understand it. So let me give you an example of this in another part of business. I've talked to so many people, so many great people in the last couple, two and a half years. I've never met somebody that didn't understand what they needed to be doing to grow their local detailing business. Here's what I've heard a lot of. Yeah, I make some content. Yeah, I post on my Instagram. Yeah, I post on Google. Man, I've, I've spent some money on Google ads. Doesn't work very well. And I always ask the same exact question to everybody. Does everybody in your immediate area know that you detail cars? The body shop, the small car lots, the insurance agents, the lawyers, the doctors, the real estate agents. Does everybody know in your area you detail cars? Have you gone out and shaken hands and kissed babies and shaken more hands and shaken more hands to let everybody know you detail cars? And again, I'm not talking about going out on the street with a sign. I'm talking about going to strategic places. Again, a solution of where there's money where you can start talking to people because you're sitting there not detailing for 40 hours a week yet. 
yeah, I thought about doing that. You know, I just haven't done it. 100% of the time, that's exactly the response. 100% of the time. I'm not telling you it's the most glamorous thing in the world, but people know what they need to do. They know people need to know them. They just haven't done it. So everybody knows the blueprint. Those that are willing to do it will have success. So I had a guy that I really respect in business tell me this one time. And I've shared this with Marty privately, which it was, always, it was one of the most incredible things somebody said to me. He goes, I could give every person I know, basically, you know, let's just say loosely no. They're not friends, not family, but acquaintances that are struggling in business or their career isn't where they want it to be or whatever. He goes, I could give them all the exact blueprint to be a millionaire in the next five years, and none of them statistically would actually do it. Because what if that meant can't buy a new car, can't buy new sneakers, can't go out to eat, even something like Chipotle, McDonald's, that's off limits. You have to give up all your free time, can't drink with your buddies. This is what he said to me. He's like, what if it, if I gave them the blueprint, they wouldn't do it? So the thing to take away from this today is be solution-based, not anger-based. When bad things happen in your business, team member-wise, anger, take it from me because I messed this up a million times. Anger doesn't help anything. And, and that comes from experience of me telling you I screwed that up plenty. So go from that minute that you're angry to into your solutions. What am I going to do? Sit back. What am I going to do? This shouldn't take you, you know, 15 weeks to get a solution. Get a solution within a couple hours, 24 hours even, and then go do it. And there's, more, there's a high likelihood you're not going to get it perfectly right. And you're going to make another minor adjustment to your new way of doing it. And another minor adjustment. And another minor adjustment. But the doing part is the part that solves the problems. There's too many people out there who own businesses, not just in detailing, who don't want to do, who just want to bitch and moan and, and, and tell you the world's against them. But the reality that we all face is that when you're solution-based and then you go put it into action, you're not going to fail. You may not have perfect success tomorrow, but if you did that for the next year, two years, three years, you'd make a shit ton more money than you've ever made. Period. And there's this big misconception around employment that I want to get out there. That you're going to hire people and that's going to fix all your problems. They're going to start doing the work and I'm going to chill and, and this is going to make my life easier. It doesn't make your life easier. You're just doing different tasks. So if you go from detailing by yourself to having two employees the idea you're never going to detail again, that doesn't really happen. You'll end up doing something. Okay, you'll pick up a brush and help, or you'll pick up a polisher and pitch in. So you're never going to be 100% out. You don't really want to be 100% out. You want to be like 95% out. Then there's this idea that I'm just going to kick back and I'll manage them and they'll do the work. Well, actually, you have to sell two, three, four times as much as you've ever sold. So now you have a new thing to go conquer. 
What oftentimes happens, and I've watched it happen with specific guys multiple times, not even in detailing, but also in detailing, I've seen it happen. But friends, family that have hired, whatever, they just don't understand that when you hire, that isn't your time to kick back and micromanage people. It's to hire, get them trained up, and then you have a plan to go do something else that's going to two, three, four, five X your revenue. It isn't just to chill out. So I remember talking to a specific guy about hiring, and I knew exactly what he was doing. Every time he hired a person or two, he would work less. He'd be at home with his kids. He'd, you know, oh, I'm not at the shop right now, or I'm not at my mobile unit. My guys are handling it. And I'm like, wow, this guy take lunch every day, was at home on Monday at 2 o'clock. Well, guess what happened? He thought hiring meant I'm going to hire, and then I'm going to kick back. The reality is the more I've hired, the more work it's put on me. It's just a different style of work, right? You're not cleaning a rim, but you have a different style of work. So now mine's phone calls, text messages, sales, uh, accounting, lawyers, uh, state farm rep, this rep, that rep. It's all work. The time is that I'm investing is the exact same as when I first started, basically, but there's this misconception that I'm going to hire, I'm going to train people, then I can take a step back. It's actually this. I'm going to hire two people, and I'm going to push the gas pedal on my car through the floor as hard as I can to put the pedal to the metal. That's the real solution and doing that many people don't want to do. So what happens is guys hire someone. They start working less hard, like they've been on multiple vacations in 2023 because they have a couple team members. And guess what? Their team sees it. It starts to eat away at the culture, starts to eat away at the work ethic of, of your company. And you hired people for one specific reason so you didn't have to work at all, not so you could have somebody detail cars and go out and get 5, 10x the work by being a better salesperson, better marketer, better whatever. You hired for all the wrong reasons. You're not just hiring to have somebody detail cars. You're hiring to have somebody detail cars, which then allows you to go be the best salesman you've ever been, be the best marketer you've ever been, working the same hours, if not more. Because remember, when you start hiring, it's going to take you a long time to ever make that money that you were making as a single guy detailing. When I hired my second and third team members, I never made what I made when I was working all by myself, meaning in net profit. It's not until I got to a couple guys that really started running my business more efficiently, to be honest with you, that I started to really see a bunch more money. I had to go through some growing pains. I didn't really know what I was doing. And so you got to realize something that when you hire people, you can't take a step back at that point. You have to push, like I said, the pedal through the floor and go try to 2x, 3x, 4x, 5x your sales. If that isn't the plan, don't hire. Take it from me. It's just not worth hiring. But if you're like, hey, I'm going to hire, and then I can go do these other two things, and we'll be double, triple, quadruple the size in no time, that's when you should be hiring. And that's the mindset you need to have when you're hiring people. Because to tell you the truth, there is no other reason to hire. Because you can make a lot of money detailing cars, especially if you're good and you know how to sell and you actually know what you're doing. There's many of you as a single guy, you should be making $100,000 a year, but detailing by yourself. If you're not, 
you know, I don't know what to tell you, but I can point to a bunch of people, myself included, that could do that on their own. So you got to look at the employment thing right from the beginning, which I think is a huge mistake. Look, I made as a business owner, everybody makes, is you think it's a time to take a step back when it's actually a time to put the pedal to the metal and go as hard as you can to double, triple, quadruple sales as fast as possible. And so I think some of that mindset shift could help you guys with these types of solutions as well. I want to end the podcast with something really quick. The National Auto Dealers Association basically shot down a bill to protect consumers from auto dealers. And here were the four things that were supposed to be passed that got shot down. Selling products with no benefit to the customer, like nitrogen in your tires. Okay, it was going to shoot that down, but that's still available. Advertising real price of the car online. Imagine that. You have to tell the truth. They don't tell the truth online. I don't know how many of you guys don't know that. Maybe all of you know that. Maybe some of you know that. But the, the price online is a complete fabrication that isn't anywhere near the truth at cars.com or Auto Trader or those types of places. It would have meant that they had to get more. They had to have completely transparent pricing online. That was shot down. Non-discriminatory practices for cash buyers. Cash buyers are being discriminated against in today's uh, world. They want to finance you. They make you pay a penalty to pay cash. This was shot down. Enhanced consent for F&I products. Well, let me tell you, boys and girls, what that is. Warranties. This was going to mean that they had to explain and get more consent from you or your customers as buyers of cars to buy warranties, uh, key insurance, dent and ding, wheel damage, and the oh-so-popular paint protection. That was shot down. Now, how does this happen? The National Auto Dealers Association, NADA, along with all the state dealers associations, are some of the most powerful people in Washington, D.C. We hear all the time about the lobbyists of banks and pharmaceutical companies. Did you know in the top five of those types of groups is the Auto Dealers Association? They're a grimy bunch, okay? They are going to lobby and put money into the pockets of politicians to get their way. So instead of being a guy that goes out there and says to yourself, you know, dealers are bad because they don't know how to wash a car. Dealers are bad because they put swirl marks in paint. No, these four reasons are why dealers are bad. This is the elevated thing to understand. They want to sell products with no benefit to the customer. They fought that, right? They want to sell you products they know don't work. They don't want to advertise the real price online. They do want to discriminate against cash buyers because they tend to be smarter purchasers. And they don't want you to know more about the warranty program, so they don't want enhanced consent for F&I products, which is basically the finance and insurance part where you finance your car. That's where you get all these warranty, BS warranty products. I bring this up for a couple reasons. Number one... The warranty program at the dealership, many of you in the ceramic coating world are putting your name behind warranties and don't realize that's exactly how dealers do business. We've said it on the podcast for years. I know I have. We've embarrassed ceramic coating companies that have come on here and tried to sell that crap to us. 
to the point where they changed their business model, in case some of you don't know that. This is crap that these warranty companies pull with dealerships. Well, guess what? Because warranties are federally regulated, there's only a certain number of companies that can do it. So the reason our warranty program has never been the backbone of our company is because we never wanted you guys to do business like the auto dealer. Now, you can go to our website site and, re and register all your warranties with us. We have a spot for all of our installers. But I need you to understand something. We know how grimy the warranty business is because it's based on the backs of auto dealers. So when you get on there and go, I got a transferable warranty and I put this in Carfax, you are doing that through the same companies that do the auto dealer warranties. The reason is there's only like three of them. And you have to deal with them because they own the market and that's how you have to run warranties. I don't know too many companies that are being truthful about this. My guess is zero, but I have no problem with it. That is how the world works. So when you put that on your Instagram or you put that on your Facebook page, like I've seen some people I respect this week do, understand you're doing business like an auto dealer. You're not doing business like a detailer. And you're the same people that are going to shit all over auto dealers while doing business exactly like them. It's despicable that you can't get Congress to pass a law to protect the consumer. And these four points aren't that big of a deal. Sell me some products that actually work. Wow, that's tough. But this, is, this proves to you what big business actually does. See, we talk all the time about the detailing industry. This is what big business actually does. They go to Washington and they fight for their industry. I may not like what they fight for, but that's what an industry is supposed to do. You're never going to catch people doing that for detailing, right? They're just going to blow a bunch of hot air, and that's fine by me, but this is what big business does. The National Auto Dealer Association is there to protect dealers from having to follow more rules. Now, your government officials are, suppo are supposed to protect you and I, the consumer, from people doing business in a bad way, in bad faith. But guess what? That's why we educate on these things on this podcast, to be very upfront with you. Because I think it's important that we start talking about the car business so you, so you don't come across like the guy out there going, you know, they put buffer trails in cars at dealerships. No, man, it's a lot worse than that. And when you can actually talk to your customers, as I did two customers about this exact law, and we have an incident going on with Cadillac that we're handling for a customer right now, they want to charge him $10,000 for basically a mag ride failure and, and wants to do all this fine print BS. We've had to step in on this customer's behalf and, and we're going to get it replaced. But they, because I know how they work, I can help my customer. But if I start doing business like them, I am them. And there's many of you doing business like this and you don't realize it because you got the same tactics. Oh, warranty, 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 transferable. Carfax. None of that shit means anything. To hear what auto dealers fought. This was supposed to pass this week. This had hundreds of thousands of people signed, ready to go. These are basic things. This should have been a no-brainer, but the National Auto Dealers Association handed out some checks to some politicians, got it all shut down. So this bill won't be passed. The customer won't be protected. That's where you can come in as a detailer. If you're more educated, you got a leg up 
against your competition and customers are going to love you. And so just this week alone, we dealt with Mercedes, we dealt with Cadillac, uh, we dealt with Fiat, we dealt with Alfa Romeo, we dealt with Dodge. It puts money in our pocket, so that's why I share these things. Hope you guys have a great weekend. I'll talk to you next week.